0: I'm Leah and it's Old Fashioned Friday. We're talking about Wisconsin's signature cocktail, all the best watering holes, and small town, big hearted living. Pull up a chair and let's get started. Welcome to Old Fashioned Friday. I bet you're wondering what would make a 50-year-old introvert hit the live button on social media, and see what happens. I'm thinking it was like May, April, or May of 2020, and well, we all know what was going on then. I hadn't been, so we hadn't been leaving the house for a few few weeks at that point. You know, part of the culture up here in the Northwoods, or really part of the culture throughout Wisconsin is um, fish fries on Friday night. I don't know about in the rest of the country if that's a thing, but here it's a thing. You go out for fish fries on Friday night. It's kind of a big deal here. And so to not be able to go out and sit down in a restaurant, sit down around a table with friends or family and enjoy that meal together at the end of the week, well, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to not be able to do that. We would go and get takeout here and there, because that's what we were allowed to do. But it really was the social part that that I was missing. To be able to sit at the end of a bar with my husband or with friends and kind of shoot the breeze with each other or with the bartenders that are working. And you know, in a small town, you get to know those bartenders and become friends with them. And actually one of the bartenders that is at one of our favorite places is a neighbor um, just around the corner. I'm sure at some point I'll talk more about our favorite bartenders. So during that spring, I really, I really just missed it. I miss being able to go out with friends when we wanted to. I was just super frustrated about it one Friday night. So the drink that I make the most isn't old fashioned. And whenever we would go to friends' houses or whatever, I would bring, I, I have a little bar kit, like a little suitcase, um filled with all my ingredients and we'd bring it over to friends' houses and and mix the drinks. And I've just been always a little fascinated with the history and the stories behind the old fashioned. I um I say I I geek out on these just a teensy bit. Um and a couple of friends were had been like, you know, I'd love to learn more about old fashions and how to make them or whatever. And you sure know a lot about old fashioned, so I just thought Rats. I'm just going to hit the live button and see what happens. So I don't know. I just I just did it. And it's been fun. Um, I've learned a lot. And I know that people that have watched the videos that I've done have learned a lot. And so uh, I thought I'm just going to take it one step further. So here I am. Um, so thanks for joining me. Here we go with Old Fashioned Friday, the podcast, episode two. Mm-hmm. Today, I wanna focus on the Old Fashioned cocktail, kind of the basic old school original recipe for the Old Fashioned. We've got plenty of time to go through all the variations and all the exciting things and twists that we can add to an Old Fashioned, but today we're gonna talk about the basic recipe. So in 1888, a bartender at a saloon in Chicago called Chapin and Gore published a book called The Bartender's Manual. And in this manual was the first printed record of what we have of what we know now as the Old Fashioned Cocktail. Now we know from the last time that Jerry Thomas, Professor Jerry Thomas, published a recipe book for the Whiskey Cocktail, which really is the precursor to what we have today as the Old Fashioned. So this was in 1888, the first cocktail book known to have the recipe for the Old Fashioned and called the Old Fashioned was published. And in there, there were two different recipes or two different methods for the Old Fashioned. The first one is a teaspoon of sugar dissolved with a bar spoon of water in an old-fashioned glass. And then you add Angostura bitters, a bar spoon of simple syrup, and then a dash of absinthe. You twist a lemon peel over the mixture and drop it in the glass. And then add two ounces of whiskey and two or three pieces of ice and stir until chilled. Stir until chilled and then strain it into an old-fashioned glass. So that's a little bit clumsy. It seems like you're making an old-fashioned and then straining it into another glass. Now the second recipe maybe is more of what we're familiar with. So you take a teaspoon of sugar, dissolve it with a bar spoon of water in an old-fashioned glass. Then you add your Angostura bitters and a bar spoon of simple syrup. So that has you using sugar and maple syrup. That's interesting. It seems extra sweet. Um, Then you would twist a lemon over the mixture again to get the oils out. The oils would release, and you drop the lemon peel into the glass, and then you'd add two ounces of whiskey and one large chunk of ice. It's interesting. I've also um, heard that that back during these times, they would actually hand the bottle of whiskey to the patron and let them fill the glass and put as much as they want in. Boy, it'd be interesting today if um, if a bar did that. I wonder how much they would charge. So you'd add one large chunk of ice. Now we talked about the one large chunk of ice last time it melts slowly and encourages you to really savor the drink and enjoy it. So this particular drink you would stir it until chilled and then you'd stir it until chilled and then drink it. Another interesting piece of information is, and they don't say this in these recipes is that typically during that time the old fashions were served with a small bar spoon and that was so you can enjoy all the sugary goodness that was in the bottom of the glass. Now, this one, especially with the simple syrup and the sugar, you've got a nice sweet, sweet coating in the bottom of the glass. And you I don't want to miss that. I want to scoop it out. So they were served with this spoon, which is just fascinating. You know, I wish they did that today. It's, you shouldn't have to stick your finger in the bottom of the glass to get out your fruit or whatever. So they served it with a bar spoon. And an interesting tidbit that I read was that the, there was a problem, what do you do with your bar spoon? It was considered bad manners to leave it on the bar because who knows how clean that bar was, and uh, nobody wanted that. So you, it was bad manners to leave the bar spoon on the bar, and it was said, you don't want to hold the spoon in your hand because you need one hand to hold your cocktail and the other hand to gesture as you're having conversations. So they would actually put the bar spoon in their breast pocket of their suit coat and then the spoons would accumulate there the more drinks they had the more spoons they had in their pocket and apparently missing spoons became a problem and then somebody asked well if i leave my spoon in my drink i'll poke my eye and the answer was if you keep your spoon in your glass you deserve to poke your eye out because you're supposed to be keeping it in your breast pocket apparently So then, after emerging from Prohibition, spoons weren't really offered anymore, and that was said either it was to cut costs because of the disappearing spoon issue, or perhaps, again, we talked last time that the art of bartending was lost over the time of Prohibition, and so maybe the bartenders didn't really realize that was the thing anymore. Maybe it was just a, a tradition that had gotten forgotten. I think we ought to bring it back, though. You know, you don't really want to waste all that yumminess in the bottom of the glass. Does anybody want to start an online petition for me? Now, if you went to a bar outside of Wisconsin, they probably would make it a traditional way along the lines of the second recipe that we talked about. They would take a sugar cube, maybe soften it with water or soda water, add two shakes of Angostura bitters, and then muddle the sugar cube and the bitters together. And then you would add an ounce and a half to two ounces of either bourbon whiskey or rye whiskey. Now both are historically accurate, but I think today bourbon has seen a little bit of a resurgence. It's a little bit sweeter drink and rye has a little bit more of a spicy flavor. One of these times we'll get into some of the different bourbons and ryes and how things are made and maybe do kind of a Well, I'll taste the, I'll do a tasting and I'll tell you what I think. Now, you might be thinking, well, Leah, Leah, what about my brandy old-fashioned? Why aren't you talking about my brandy old-fashioned? Well, in most of the country, well, pretty much the entire country outside of Wisconsin, it's a whiskey old-fashioned, either with bourbon whiskey or rye whiskey. The brandy old-fashioned, in the future, we're going to get into why brandy became popular in Wisconsin, how it became popular, and get into that in more depth in a couple episodes. Now, if you're from another part of the country and you come to Wisconsin and you ask for an Old Fashioned, you're gonna be shocked by what you get. Just like if someone from Wisconsin went to another part of the country and ordered an Old Fashioned, they're gonna be shocked by what they get. It's like there's two different drinks with the same name A few years ago, my son traveled down south, I think it was into Kentucky, and he ordered an Old Fashioned, and he was not expecting what he got. He got more of the drink that I described today, that very simple drink with bitters and sugar and whiskey and ice, not the soda and the fruit and all that that we would expect in Wisconsin. But we will talk in depth about your Brandy Old Fashioned another time, I promise. So another example of that, I'm in a private group on social media about old fashions. And basically it's just people mixing their drink and taking a picture of it. It's kind of fun. People talk about the different whiskeys they use and different variations and different brands. And um, it's fun and interesting. But boy, I'll tell you, when someone posts something and has a little bit of a variation, maybe you do more of a Wisconsin version of an old-fashioned and you put soda water in it. Oh boy, you hear about it. That's not an old-fashioned. What are you doing? It's not an authentic. It's not the authentic old-fashioned. You can't do that. Which is true, to a point, depending on your region. So when I post one of my drinks, and maybe it's one I've taken a little bit of a liberty with, I always preface it with, well, I'm in Wisconsin, so I have a little more liberty here and a little bit more freedom to do some variations in my old-fashioned. So that's really what this podcast is going to be about. It's all the different ways we can make the drink and the fun we can have with it, and then some of the stories behind the drinks and stories behind the people who enjoy them. Now, it might have Now, it just occurred to me that you might've heard me turning some pages a little while ago. That's because I was holding this book a little bit too close to the mic. It's a book that I've been referencing and I just thought I'd mention it. It's called The Old Fashioned, the story of the world's first classic cocktail with recipes and lore. It's written by Robert Simonson. And I've got to tell you, I think the intention of this book is more of like a coffee table book, but it's really become like a reference book for me. I got it as a gift from a good friend of mine a few years ago. And this thing is like becoming tattered and falling apart because I refer to it so much. It's just one of my favorite books. And it really has wet my appetite for learning more about old fashions. So that's something I'm probably going to be referring to frequently. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can look it up if you're interested. If you can oblige me for one minute while I talk about my day job, Are you tired of missed deadlines, back and forth emails, scope creep with your creative projects, projects that go over time and over budget? Well, so am I, I'm tired of it too. That's why as Dear Mountain Media, I offer day long design summits. I have a proven method to complete your branding package, logo, copywriting project, even your website, start to finish in one day. Most of my clients choose this option. One fixed price, Covers your pre-consultation, your one-day summit, plus I don't just leave you alone with your deliverables. Receive customized training, reminder emails, and personalized videos to help you utilize your new website, style suite, or marketing plan, so you don't just have your deliverables, you actually know how to use them. Want to give it a try for your next project? Reach out to me at dearmountainmedia.com and mention that you heard it on the podcast. I'm booking into September and have just a few spots left. I sure hope you're one of them. Thanks for following along with this episode of Old Fashioned Friday. I'm Leah and it would mean so much to me if you joined me next time. Until then, I want to toast to three simple things. Stories shared around the table, well-crafted cocktails, and friendships as strong as our whiskey.